Hi, everybody. I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Julie Hirsch, one of the co-founders of Elements Vitamin T. Julie's brews are refreshing and tasty and have a positive impact on your health and the planet. She's here with me today to share the journey behind this purpose-driven business. Julie, thank you so much for joining me today. It's really good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to chat about innovation. Yes, excellent. A nice little segue there because you are one of our state winners for our innovators competition that we ran um, a little earlier this year where we were on the hunt for the Australia's most innovative businesses. How was it to be nominated and also to wind up being one of our state winners? It was such an honor. Our team was so excited that Katu's Business Builders had chosen us as one of the nominees. And it was actually a great moment to tell our tea-loving fans all about where we come from in the business, where we were heading, and get them involved in the voting. Um, so yeah, we were absolutely thrilled to be one of the finalists and end up winning for the state of Victoria. Yes, awesome job. Um, tell our listeners who might not be familiar with Elements Vitamin T, um, where did it all begin? Because I don't imagine, I'm a tea drinker, but I would never have thought, oh, put some vitamins in the tea. Where did that come from? <laughs> so my co-founder and I, Nicole, we were friends at a writer's group in Melbourne, and we were both really busy professional women And we would have so many conversations about how it was really difficult to know if we were eating the right fruit and veg during all of the chaos that happens in the day. So we started thinking, okay, is there a way that we can get a boost of nutrients without having to take synthetic tablets or without having to change our diet significantly with shakes or powders? And we came up with the idea of, well, can we blend fruit and herbal extracts that have naturally occurring vitamins with a fair trade cup of tea? And it was a really simple sounding idea. And it actually took us two years of research and development to finally create elements because what we didn't realize was that no one had done this before. So we had to come up with what is now a patent pending manufacturing method to actually get the vitamins in the tea bag. But what that meant was when we finally launched, we really were able to launch with a bang because so many people had been hearing about this crazy project we were trying to do for two years. So within six months of launching, we actually partnered with Woolworths Supermarkets and we're in about 50% of their stores in the tea aisle. Oh my gosh, that's an amazing journey from from the little germ of an idea to being on hundreds and hundreds of shelves in Woolworth stores because it's no mean feat to get into a supermarket. Yeah, it was it was such an incredible journey. You know, honestly, the folks at Woolworths were so supportive of us. They loved 
that we were a female founded business. They loved that we were Melbourne based. They loved that we were organic certified and fair trade certified. And they loved that we had created a product that no one had ever made before. So they were really excited to roll it out on their shelves. Um, and yeah, we've got four tea blends in there um, at the moment, which I I just love the blends that are in there. We've got you know, a mint from Egypt. We've got a vanilla chai where I sourced the vanilla from a region in Madagascar called Bourbon. So it's really, it's really good fun being in tea because, you know, everyone loves a good cup of tea. Yes, they do. But um, can I say, how does one go from being part of a writing group to becoming an entrepreneur? Like that's got to be a journey in itself. Yes, I never, um, never thought I would co-own a business, let alone, um, you know, a business where we now export to multiple countries. Um, I was actually working in the climate change sector at the time when Nicole and I were first talking about this idea. And I really loved the amount of impact that we could make with this little business. So by being fair trade certified, essentially what it means is that every time someone has a cup of our tea, they know that the farmer is getting paid a fair wage for the beautiful tea and spices that they're making. They know that those farmers have been able to invest in sustainability and ethical farming practices. And it's just, it's such a beautiful way to think about business as a facilitator for change. And so it was actually a really easy journey for me to go from the not-for-profit and for-purpose sector into a business that was also creating change. It sounds like that is a really big part of your mission as a business. Absolutely. So our mission is to speed the transition to a fair wage for all workers. And I think it's so important, not only in development, but also in terms of sustainability and climate change. Because quite often farmers know the investments that they need to make to be climate resilient. But unfortunately, a lot of the systems don't allow them to make those investments because they're not being paid fairly. So if we can change that one thing, if we can give farmers a fair go, then they can actually take action on climate change and take action on fair wages and gender equality. And it just, it really changes the game. It's like it stops the vicious cycle, doesn't it? One, by making one change then you're able to make more changes in other areas. Absolutely. And the great thing about it is that the power is in everyday people's hands because we actually make so many choices in a day that can have impact. So the choice of tea that we drink, the choice of chocolate that we buy, the choice of cotton that's used in the t-shirts that we purchase, all of those are opportunities to actually support systemic change um, by voting with our dollars. And I love how grassroots that is. Um, and, you know, big companies are always looking at trends like this. And so we really wanted to prove that in the tea aisle, which is, you know, there are a lot of giant companies in the tea aisle. In fact, it's mostly really big companies. So we wanted to go in there and actually show that People care and they want to be purchasing an ethical cup of tea. They want to know without a shadow of a doubt that the tea that they're drinking is actually empowering people instead of furthering that cycle. 
So it's, and it's such a great product to do that because, you know, no one gets angry over their cup of tea. It's such a warming moment. It's a beautiful moment in your day of mindfulness. And so to also add on top of that, the ability to make, you know, real systemic change as well as to get your daily nutrients in your cup. We just, we loved it. And, you know, it's, it's made all of the many, many hard hours of work definitely worth it. So let's go back a bit to that development stage because um, it's one thing to come up with an idea for a, a great business, but then actually putting it into practice and, and getting the business off the ground, that's a, a massive and significant journey. And for you doing something that has never been done before, I can imagine the learnings were quite steep and that um, it was a pretty challenging time. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Certainly. It's the definition of jumping off the cliff and uh, ah. growing your wings on the way down. Um, no, we, we got really used to being told that we couldn't do it. I think that was the key to our ability to last through the two years was we essentially stopped hearing when someone said no. And if someone was saying no to us, what we heard instead was, you can't do it this way, which meant that we could then ask, so what's our next step? What do we do from here? And I think when you're trying to do something new, no matter what it is and no matter what industry you're in, there's going to be a lot of fear around trialing that and finding the path forward. But there is always a path forward. It may just take a very long time and a lot of endurance. But if you really believe in the concept, and for us, we weren't going to compromise on the product. We knew that it was going to be organic certified and fair trade certified. And so that meant that we simply didn't have the option to add binders or fillers. It just wasn't going to be the route that we were going down. And so, yeah, we got very used to finding those forks in the road and taking a different path and just keep pushing. <laughs> and how do you make sure the vitamin stays in the tea? Because I met does caffeine sap some vitamins out? So caffeine and absorption do have an impact, um, which is why we're not doing something like coffee. Um, but we source only vitamins that are heat resilient in our teas. So for example, we can't use vitamin E because that vitamin actually degrades in heat. But we find the vitamins that are water-soluble and heat-resilient and so we're able to actually manufacture those and blend them with our tea leaves and our spices so that they go into the bag. And um, depending on the blend that you're purchasing, we have a range that has a multivitamin blend. We also have a new uh, tea that we're selling in Woolworths called Urban Defense, which has zinc in it that we've extracted from guava leaf. So that's a really beautiful new one that we just launched. Wow. So it's all coming from these um, natural derivatives. It's not like you're injecting a vitamin into it. No, exactly. And that's how you know that you're actually getting a natural vitamin. So if you look at the ingredients list on our tea, you don't have things like vitamin C listed because we're not adding a synthetic lab-made vitamin C. Instead, what we're adding is things like lemon extract and guava extract and amla extract. So these beautiful fruits and herbs that have naturally occurring vitamins and minerals. 
And those extracts are how we're getting that vitamin content. And do you have a favorite cuppa from the, the list that you've made? Oof. I love, I love our bourbon vanilla chai. So to me, that blend is a hug in a cup. It's just so warming and spicy and delicious. Um, And I love being able to source the vanilla from Madagascar, from Fairtrade Farms over there. And the spices come from mostly the high mountain region in Sri Lanka Uh, We also get the tea from Fairtrade Farms in Sri Lanka. A lot of them are really small farms. You know, we're talking about half an acre in size, family-run farms. Um, And I've been lucky enough to visit a lot of those farms on sourcing trips in the past. So that's a really special blend to me. And how do you find the farmers, the people that are, are growing these magnificent crops for you? I don't imagine you have sources in all these countries. Was it about you actually going and taking trips there and discovering different farmers along the way? Yes. So for many of our blends, we actually do actively source from the region. Um, So my co-founder has been to China where we source some of our green tea from. Um, I do a lot of our sourcing in Sri Lanka. Um, But being Fairtrade certified as a small business, it actually means that we can loop into this global system of farms that are audited by fair trade. Oh, wow. So if we need, for example, mint from Egypt, we're able to reach out to our fair trade representative and say, hey, can you send me some farms that you guys have worked with in the past so that I can reach out to them and see what their crop looks like this year? And that actually is so brilliant as a small team because it means that we we basically can access all of these incredible suppliers around the world. And do you think it's becoming more and more important to the average consumer that they source products that are ethical and free trade and organic? Definitely. I think younger consumers really are, they have very little patience with businesses who are leaving the world worse off than when they started. And we're seeing that trend really continue coming out of COVID. I think when people saw empty shelves, it really made us think about, well, where does this product come from? Who is making it? Are they being treated fairly? Are they using sustainable practices or are they using harmful pesticides? it made a lot of us think deeply about supply chain, which is not something that we usually talk or think about. I also have noticed in our community that there's a really significant crossover between people who care about their own well-being and the well-being of the world. So quite often when someone starts to eat organic because they're thinking about their own health, It also helps take them on a journey of asking questions about, well, how does non-organic farming also impact farmers in developing countries? Or how does my desire to have the right amount of nutrients and have access to those products, what does that look like in a different country that may not have the same access that I do? Um, And so I think we're really going to see that trend continue to grow over the next few years. And is it your aim to be exporting all over the globe and see elements teas everywhere? 
I mean, wouldn't that be fun? (laughs) So coming out of COVID, um, we are really entering a very exciting year for the business. So we're still in Woolworth supermarkets um, and we have just started exporting to New Zealand. Um, We've just started exporting to Finland. We, um, We were able to get into all of Holland and Barrett stores in the UK, which is a chain uh, supermarket chain over there that focuses on organic products. Um, Yeah, so it's it's really been an exciting three months um, coming out of the COVID bubble. And while we're definitely not at the end of the impacts that we've seen from COVID, I think we're we're starting to see global trade pick up again, and that's been really exciting. Yes. So, how did um, lockdowns impact you in terms of the business? It was challenging. Um, So, normally, I would visit our manufacturing partners and fair trade farming partners three to four times a year. Um, Of course, because of COVID, I haven't been able to go visit anyone since January of 2020. And I think we were so lucky because we had spent such a long time building really strong relationships with our partners. So when we weren't able to visit them, when things were really tough, we had those relationships already built. And so we were able to keep going and keep trading. Um, I definitely had some sad moments where I couldn't supply as much tea as was being ordered in Australia. So there were a lot of our tea fans who didn't have uh, the ability to purchase elements at their local Woolworths for a while. So um, getting that supply back up and running has been my biggest piece of work over the last six months. And I'm very excited to say that we are back up and have our supply fully, um, fully in Woolworths again. So, you know, we're we're really in a relaunch and growth phase again, which is so exciting after COVID, where it was truly, you know, so many wonderful businesses didn't come through COVID, and it's just such a shame. And I feel so grateful that we are one of the businesses that we're able to make it through. Well, I'm pretty happy about it too, because your tea's pretty tasty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, Now, the other question I wanted to ask you as well, you're a co-founder and your other founder is a friend. How is that? How do you manage that relationship? Is it hard to work with a friend or is it easier? I think it has to be the right friend. So Nicole and I actually look back on our many, many years in the writers group together as actually the testing ground for working together. When you're in a writers group, you're critiquing someone's creativity. You're critiquing something that someone built and made, and that's very close to that person's heart and personality. And so being able to work together in that space for so many years. We were in the writers group together for five years before we ever even started talking about going into business together. And that trust that we built absolutely came through into running the business together. And I think it was that foundation that made working with a friend not only possible, but also, you know, our one of our hidden strengths as a business. Were there any challenges though? Oh, of course. Um, 
you know, growing and rapidly growing, especially globally, always has its challenges and its difficult moments. But I think with Nicole and myself, we try very much when something goes wrong to talk through it, laugh about it if we can. And if we can't, um, I have what we call our Duna policy. So if something goes really terribly wrong, essentially you have permission to take 24 hours and hide under your Duna (laughs) and just, you know, sit with it. And then you wake up the next morning and you show up and you deal with it. Um, So also having that space to step away and say, this is really hard. And then being willing to stand up again and say, okay, and now we're going to fix it is, is really important. And you spoke a second ago about um, scaling really rapidly, given also as well that you were quite new to the world of business. How have you managed to scale so rapidly and, and scale so well? Our scaling story is, is very unusual. Um, but again, it goes back to those relationships. So when we were in our two years of research and development, we raised a seed funding round with friends and family. And then immediately after coming out of that R&D phase, we did our first production and we got the contract with Woolworths. So we realized very quickly that we were going to need to raise a Series A funding round. And we sort of started to talk to a few VCs and, you know, our inexperience in business was certainly a bit of a barrier there because we didn't have connections. But what we had been doing over the past two years was building relationships. So we built a really strong relationship with the incredible company that was going to be supplying our organic certified vitamins. And when they heard from us that we'd gotten this great contract with Woolworths, they actually called us and said, hey, we hear your fundraising. Do you want to come talk to us? And we said, yes, absolutely. And so we flew out and sat down with them. And it was such an incredible meeting. And I, I've never heard anyone else in business talk about something like this happening. But we were basically showing them our plans, where we wanted to go, the impact that we wanted to have as a business. And we had the 2% contribution to fair trade, which is a turnover contribution um, in our budget. And one of the um, founders of this vitamin company pointed to that and said, can you explain this? And we immediately got defensive thinking, oh, they don't like that we're spending so much money on impact. And he stopped us and he said, no, no, I really like this. I want to learn more about how you're going to do this and create impact. And we just thought, yeah, this is, this is the person we want to partner with. This is who we want on our cap table. Um, And so they were actually able to fill the Series A funding round for us, which then allowed us to not only do that manufacturing run so that we could launch in Woolworths, but then also support us so that we could launch quite quickly into the UK after that. Wow, that's just an incredible story. And it's, it's so fortuitous that you made the right connections and the right relationships early on. Absolutely. I think it always comes back to relationships. It's such hard work starting a business. And I just think there's no point doing it with people you don't love. And the people who we've been able to go on this journey with have honestly made it 
so rewarding and wonderful, even beyond the milestones that we've hit. And do you have any advice for any budding entrepreneurs that might have a great idea but are not sure what to do next? Definitely. I think my best advice is just to start. You're never going to have all of the answers. You're never going to have the perfect product or service. There will always be room for improvement. But if you just start, you're going to learn so much more than you would ever learn with tinkering and trying to make it perfect before launching. And, you know, it's really scary. It's so scary to start a business, but it's also really fun and really rewarding. And I don't think that if you, if you think it through and if you really give it your all, I just, I can't imagine anyone regretting it. Thank you so much. That's really great advice. And it's been great having you on the show today. Thank you for joining me, Julie. Thank you so much. It's been so great to chat. Thank you. Bye-bye.